0: my name is matt brown
1: those sweet feet to potentially get a first down the
0: coverage was there they lifted that man up to the sky like he was jesus letting them know they're gonna put him on the cross right there and let's start the show again we're gonna be
2: sitting there ah but it's coming don't worry it's coming
0: What's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, October 5th, 2023. We are about to talk about another intense week of college football, just as we hit the halfway point of the regular season. So before we get into that and talk about all the big headlines and stories in the world of college football, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter and X at Broadcavel Pod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. A lot to get into, as again, we are halfway through our regular season, and there are some big things to discuss, some big headlines to get into, and some of those headlines include Colorado almost pulling off a miraculous comeback against USC despite Caleb Williams scoring six touchdowns on his own. LSU and Ole Miss had a game for the ages. Notre Dame got back into their winning ways, defeating Duke. Georgia actually had a struggle victory over Auburn. And some other things we'll get into, like if Florida State is legit, what's going on with the first half struggles with Penn State. We will talk about early Heisman Trophy candidates. And, of course, we will do picks for Week 6. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. So why don't we just fast forward and get ready for that and discuss college football week five. And the people with me tonight are Nico and Alex Renelio, so let's get into it. Nico and Alex, it's your turn. Let's talk about week five in the college football season. Here we go.
2: This is a very productive conversation.
0: It's the halfway point, everybody, in the world of college football. Good stuff, or am I right? Let us talk about some big headlines, make some Heisman Trophy candidate discussions, talk about the teams that should be there, shouldn't be there, and make picks for Week 6. Alex and Nico are here for College Football Week 5. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going? How are you doing? Happy to be back. All right. We had a little technical difficulties to start, but those are behind us now. And we are ready to uh, have a lot of fun. Am I right? Yes, sir. All right. Sure. Colorado back in the news. They play another top 10 ranked Team this time, the University of Southern California. The Trojans go to Colorado. At one point, USC was up by a score of 41 to 14. Caleb Williams had six touchdowns by himself. And yet the Buffalo stormed back, but Colorado is able to hold on. And uh sorry, but USC is able to hold on and they get the victory. And um so two things to go here: USC at 5-0 right now, Colorado 3-2 but Colorado is just one win away from or two wins away from having their future bets over. So good stuff from there. So what did you really get out of this game? Was this comeback? uh, Was this a comeback where the Trojans didn't really take the Buffalo seriously and they stormed back or maybe Colorado has a little more fight in them with of course a very inspiring head coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Great game. Um, Great game. Good to see Colorado make that a game in the second half. Um, my biggest takeaway from that game itself is the USC defense. Um, Caleb Williams, big first half, balled out. Um, I think anyone could ball on that Colorado defense. But um, USC's defense is a big question mark. You got some games. You got under name coming up. Utah. Um, you got to go play Oregon in late November. You got to You have all these teams versus uh, Washington. You, you have to play against all these elite teams coming up. You're going to let Colorado hang 41 on you. I know Colorado got a lot of points late in the game. um, It was kind of distant the whole entire time. But I I just really am concerned about USC's defense going forward and don't think they're going to be able to beat these teams like Notre Dame. Don't think they'll beat Washington. Don't think they'll beat Oregon at this point. Um, Caleb Williams, obviously, arguably the best player in all college football right now. Um, He's going to ball out. He's going to do what he has to do. Um, In my opinion, besides that offense, USC is not impressing me. Um, I'm worried about them going forward after this one. <clears throat> um,
2: I, I kind of agree with you, Nico. I think, like, they have to win one type of way, which is shootouts. And they're very lucky and very blessed and fortunate that uh, Colorado got off to a rocky start. Once they, got their, once they kind of got under their skis, they were kind of chipping away, chipping away for three quarters, Colorado. But you could see that it was really hard for Lincoln Riley and that team to sustain because even the best offenses in the world can't compete if you're a one-dimensional team. Um, if you look at really like um, you know, Colorado's offensive efficiency outside of the, excluding the first quarter, they were like lights out. I mean, they were 50% on third down. Um, they had they had more first downs completed than USC for the entire game, and they actually could control time of possession um and as even with the injuries that um colorado has in the lesser roster and they double them up in rushing yards which is unbelievable so on the ground they control the ground game and that's just you know it's just a formula for disaster for a team that's supposed to be a top five team i think it's pretty prototypical of um a pac-12 you know powerhouse alleged powerhouse in the pac-12 like usc that um, has to win shootouts but if that's the way that they have to win, they have to own it. And it's going to be interesting to see when they play Washington, what they're up against.
0: <clears throat> and I want to see that matchup with Pennick Jr. versus Caleb Williams. Yeah. And, yeah, it seems that – it. it uh, sometimes I feel, watch, looking at USC, is this more of truly Caleb Williams' team? Like, God forbid if he was hurt, they would um, – they would be really lost. I don't even know who the, I couldn't even tell you quarterback two is there, but sometimes I really see, feel that seeing this team, like he really is everything.
2: That could be a problem
0: when, when um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just to see when anything slips, especially defensively, it's a, they just feel Caleb could take care of it, but it's not really how you should run a team in any college, in any football level, really, except maybe high school. You said
1: it's perfect. You're you're absolutely right. This is not how you do it. Like, you can't just rely on one guy. Um, Yeah, uh, Notre Dame in two weeks as well. Hartman, another quarterback. That's, oh, he's just going to hang one up on this defense. Um, You got to think of Kill Williams is really helping his draft stock, though. Um, I'm a believer. I think Kill Williams is going to be unbelievable. Um, I really think he has a lot of potential. Um, Can move, can throw, has a cannon. Um, But, yeah, this team is not going out anywhere, in my opinion. I expect them to have three regular season losses,
2: and and they're gonna they're gonna have a hard time down the stretch. Not only with Washington, but Oregon. And we'll fast forward another week, going home for Utah. Utah is gonna keep it a low defensive game, so they're, they're really
0: be good pushed. this year.
2: Yeah, they're really good. I think they're highly underrated, particularly with the way that the style of offense and the style of defense that they want to play. So. They got their hands full. Um, It's a long season. I think this is more prototypical. This is more of a calling card of the way they're playing as Lincoln Riley's team, you know, hearkening back to OU than it really is Caleb Williams. I think he's just the best show for that team, but it's Lincoln Riley's team.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Lincoln Riley finally makes the jump to the pros, you think, soon?
2: No. No, I I... (laughs) think...
1: He's great, he's great at winning his team Heisman's, not trophies. Uh, great winning Heisman's.
2: <clears throat> he's already titles. seen, yeah, he's already seen like Lane Kiffin and Saban out. I don't think he's going to uh, fall for that. I don't think he is. He's got too good a situation.
0: <clears throat> That's also why I don't think Deion Sanders is going pro. He said it in a 60 Minutes interview that he wouldn't go. It's, it's, you can't really discipline professionals. Like he's able to discipline and motivate college students, and that makes a big difference. And some people know their place and know they won't get embarrassingly cut out and stuff, so future's bright for somebody in USC, but as a team as a whole we will uh, ultimately see. And speaking of you mentioned Sam Hartman, Notre Dame gets the victory over Duke this week on the primetime game on Saturday night. Another back and forth shootout that Sam Hartman was able to win, um, but good effort from Duke and the Blue Devils. How do we... Now, it seems that Notre Dame really has to win out the rest of the season if they want to get a college football bid. And I picked... um, and sam i think sam hartman's game especially showing his composure game management and i know he's a older person he's 25 years old playing in a uh, college football still but i think that wisdom is a good thing for the fighting irish and especially in that game for duke where a few less mistakes and um it could have gone the other way and killed their season but, um Notre Dame stays alive in a very important game telling that they really that I think that especially losing Ohio State last week, they're closing the gap with the powerhouses and they too are getting on a bigger level that we've seen in honestly a couple of decades. But um, how do we feel about Notre Dame's win over Duke and if it's telling anything for this team in particular?
1: Um, I think I was really impressed. I was happy that I was able to pull that one out late um, with 38 seconds left, I believe it was, on the clock Stuke. Duke. Um, I will say this Notre Dame team has been tested, and they're going to keep continuing to get tested. Um, these little games versus, like, not little games, but versus, like, Duke, the NC States of the world, um, the Louisvilles of the world, these are still all top 25 teams. Yeah, they're not the Bama's, Georgia's that we're used to, but these teams aren't bad teams at all. Um, mm-hmm. even for the the Notre Dame has six games left this year. I think five out of six games will be single digit spreads. Every single game they're in is a battle. Um, they're going to be tested. And I personally think the Irish run the table. I think they beat USC. I think they're going to go on. They're going to beat um Pittsburgh. I believe they play later on. They play Wick Forest and they have yeah. another battle test game this week. Louisville, Louisville's top 25. Um, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's non stop. Um, pressure for the Irish. Um, loss against Ohio State. They're Four seconds away from um, winning that game and being arguably the best team in the country right now, but um, Notre Dame, I think, runs the table down the road. I Think they are going to get into the playoff, um, but yeah, man, it doesn't stop for the Irish. They're just tested every single week.
2: Yeah, and I think you made a uh, you you made a great point, Nico. I think like sneakily, the ACC is like stacked and loaded out of out, outside of their top three. I mean, you know it as a Syracuse fan, but it's like the Dukes, the North Carolinas, um, you know, the Wake Forest, the the Louis, like they, they have, they have teams. So it's not like they have formidable opponents that kind of like fill out the bottom of the top 25, but they, they have, they have top opponents. So I thought this was like a definitely a quality win. And I think, you know, as the season progresses, even if they do run the table, which they certainly can, um, I think that Ohio state loss matures a lot better than people will give it credit for. I think, um, I was down on Ohio State at the beginning of the season just because I didn't see them stacking up with the rest. But what I've seen from USC thus far, I'm um, LSU particularly. Well, um, I definitely, you know, want to in and kind of walk that back a little bit at this juncture of the season. Um, but Notre Dame, I mean, you know, they, they played a tough game. They they didn't blow me off the page, they didn't blow me off the screen, but they just they just know how to win games and they keep doing it. Harman's, you know, kind of the poster child for that. He's he's been through a lot of snaps. Um, he's seen he's seen the field, so to speak, with the rest of with the rest of these teams across the league. Um, he he's he's a he's a, he's a savant, and uh, they they can easily run the table, and I think they will.
0: Good. I only hope so. I really want to see this team make some strides. Go fighting, Irish.
1: I would, I would love to see a uh, Notre Dame and a Penn State sneak into the playoffs.
0: <laughs> oh man. Love that. A lot of fun for sure. And, A lot uh, of fun there.
2: That UFC Notre Dame is going to be super high rated TV. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Classic. Another classic rivalry game. Yep. And stuff like that, that should baby. be good. Now, speaking of Penn State, we haven't talked too much about them this season. Playing against North- Northwestern, one of the uh, couple schools have been embarrassed in the national spotlight, if you will. With um, their hazing issues in the off season, it seems nobody's going to their games, and um, they were a pro. They were ranked. They were ranked school within the decade. They had a pretty good program, and um, they're falling. They're falling. They're, they're just collapsing. And at one point in this game, Pence, the Nitty Lions had some struggles on the road you were tied at 10 10 coming into the first half but they will make a push again and uh get a pretty convincing victory but um do you think at any point something that like that can happen again? is this a sign of something that uh especially you know you're able to take advantage of a weaker but opponent like that but maybe it gets more as the season gets more difficult it won't be so easy if you don't come out of the gates blazing. Absolutely, yeah. You need. Oh, do you want you want to go ask?
2: Oh well, I I have an admission to make, so I want to kind of clear the clear the room. So I'll give you you go first.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: so,
1: <laughs> okay. So yeah, my take is um this this is the first time I think Penn State's really truly been tested this year. Um, West Virginia game. Um, obviously, like West Virginia is a better team than Northwestern, but um, mm-hmm. in, I'm talking about like insensitive of the game. Half, being tied at halftime. They came out in the second half and balled out, and that's what you got to do in those games. you got to make halftime adjustments. Um, like I said a couple weeks ago on the podcast because I can't wait for teams like USC to do it, but going in, uh Northwestern at noon is tough. It's a, weird, it's a weird game that you don't really want to play in, and um, I think Penn State really battled in the second half and showed why they are a top-five team in the country. Um, I think they're at like six right now, I believe, but um, I'm excited yes. for that game versus Ohio State in a couple weeks. Um, and see what they can really do. But I was very impressed with the way that Penn State handled being somewhat in a close game uh down the stretch that half.
2: So I wanna I have a confession. It's going on, on the record, Matt. Y'all here to heard it first. Penn State is the best team in the Big Ten.
0: Mm, and I, a very big year for the Big Ted, too.
2: Yes, and that that's a mouthful. I, I was big on Michigan going to the chip. Um, I still think think that they can get there, but from what I've seen through five or six weeks, they are the best team on TV on paper in the Big Ten, and it's just it's all three phases of the game. They've been totally dominant um, at at the helm through the quarterback position, um, shutting out Iowa, beating down Northwestern. I mean, some of these are not necessarily the quality wins that you would see, but like I mean, Utah was an unbelievable win. I, I'm, pardon me, not Utah. Um, the West Virginia game was a big under, underrated win. But I think as you go through the next three weeks or so, Maryland's going to be a tough game. I think they could win that game. Michigan, they get them at home. That's a huge game. And then Rutgers is going to be tough momentarily, but I think they can win that game. I think the Ohio State will be the the, the true early test to see how they, 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 they forge forward with a lot of their resilience. I think that this is the best team in the Big Ten.
1: Uh, Alex and I know it's a crazy take. I a hundred percent agree. I think Penn State, this is Penn State's year. This is a year where there's no powerhouse. Like there's no true team. Like you have your Georgia's and everything, but Georgia's not Georgia of the past two years. Bama's not Bama. Yeah, Let's we'll get into 10 that years.
0: next segment um,
1: too. Yeah, and Ohio State's not. Ohio State that we're used to. Um, this is a year when a team like Penn State, I wouldn't be surprised if this team could win a national championship. I really think this is a year where a team like that can win out, win games, and can really succeed. Um, the one thing that I want to highlight about this team is they are number two in the whole entire country in turnovers. They do not turn the ball over. I brought this up in the NFL podcast, That's but you don't you turn win. the ball over, you win games. And um, oh. Penn State keeps playing smart football, keep trusting the program. Um I, I I expect them to be in the final four come uh, January.
2: that would be wild. I would love to see that.
0: I like that. The only thing do you feel any hesitation with the return of Jim Harbaugh that maybe that could be a big team ten team that competes with them? or you still think um Penn State has enough of the uh, resources to i'm I'm 100% push on by. A big
1: yeah i'm a, I like it, I'm a big Harbaugh guy. I think Harbaugh is the best coach um in the big Ten, arguably the best co- coach in college football. Um, I know a lot of people don't like him. I love him. Um, The one thing that's going to get in the way of this Penn State team, and they can't let it, is James Franklin. James Franklin clock management
2: is
1: (laughs) pitiful. Um, If he just lets his team ball out, does what he has to do by doing the bare minimum, knowing when to call timeouts, knowing when to make proper substitutions, things like that, that's something that James Franklin has not been good at in his whole career, Um, this Penn State team will go very far.
2: I think there's a big difference in playing in Ann Arbor versus playing in University Stadium. I think like having this at Penn State at home, that crowd—they're probably going to white it out. Um, It's going to be—it's going to be litty. It's going to be freaking unbelievable. The Um, energy—I just feel like this is ripe for an upset that's going to keep continuing part of this inertia, this journey that we've been talking about with Penn state. We fall in love with stories with, 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 with sports, with the NFL, with college football. But I feel like this is one of them because of all the points that you guys made
0: earlier. All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. And speaking of the Georgia Bulldogs, they've had a pretty easy schedule to start the season. No real threats. They play Auburn and Auburn gave them a run for their money. And uh, at one point in the even deep in the fourth quarter, it was tied and cook on either way, but uh, Georgia was able to rally. What do we think about um, Georgia? Are they a legit team, uh, number one team, or are we ready for them to uh, finally fall?
1: It, It, I can still see them winning. Um, Winning, just keeps winning games, keep winning out. They are talented, but they're nowhere near the team that we saw the past two years. Um, this week coming up, and we'll get into it later in the show. Um, versus Kentucky. Um, but that's another sneaky game for this team. You, you keep playing these teams like Auburn and things like that. Auburn's nowhere near Auburn used to be. Um, but you don't you can't let a team like that hang around. You can't let a team stay around in that game. Um, you you, ha- you have to you have to really show dominance. Um, to get the respect. I mean, you can't say they don't have the respect after the two seasons they put together back-to-back years, but I, I just really don't think this Georgia team – they're a team that can win games and they're going to continue to win games, but I don't think they're a team like last year that you're scared they'll get off the bus and suit up and play them. I don't think they're anything like that.
2: No, I don't either. I think the gap is – definitely um has definitely dwindled and you, you know you see that with with some of the recruits that they've taken they've, um, they've they've been drafted with the pros um that have gone to you know have gone to the big powerhouse of the NFL so they're definitely leaner on all three phases of the game uh, I still believe in Kirby Smart. I think this is a great team I, I, I'm I'm not to answer Matt's point I'm not ready to for them to fall I'm just ready for them to not be prematurely coordinated number one. I think that they are more deserving of a two or a three and say, okay, you know, committee, go and make them prove it. Go make them win on on the road in Bama or on the road in Mississippi or something of that nature because – they, we said it at the beginning of the season, they had a cupcake schedule from day one. Um, and, you know, they, they got Kentucky next week at home, but that's really still not quite the test that we're looking for. And, right. um, you know, you've got Tennessee on the road towards the end of the season. Um, who knows what they'll be playing for. And so I just, for me, I don't know how many quality wins that you could really use to kind of advocate for a number one seed, but I think they could be pushed around. And you saw with Auburn, even though it's, a, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a rivalry within the SEC.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and and um, you you can see, um, like like you mentioned as well, like I can definitely see this team winning games, um, keep winning out, um, running the table. But I I think the I think you're right. I would love to see this team get two, three, even a four seed this year. Um, definitely, just see what they can do. Um, it, I, I, they're not tested, so it, it's tough to say right now. Like Auburn was an okay test for them, but again, I C C rivalry games, there's there's that rivalry factor like you mentioned that it could have been. Um but I'm I'm very curious to see what this team will be like when they're officially tested and see how can they can react.
2: And Auburn ran all over them too, which is unbelievable. And that's crazy.
1: You can you can run for anything on them in recent, <laughs> in recent you couldn't do anything. <laughs>
0: We had the University of Texas have a very comfortable forty to fourteen victory over the Kansas City Jayhawks. They too continue to stay undefeated. Do you expect? Do you expect them to do that? Do they expect them with Quinn Ewers to stay undefeated all season long? I think there is a good shot.
1: I I think there is as well. Um, I think this Texas team is very very good. Um. Obviously this week's their matchup of the year. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit, but very impressive win. Another week for Texas very, uh, very much impressed me. Um, You can't really say anything bad about this team. Meeting Bama a few weeks back um, having a great game this weekend. They're just doing exactly what they have to do to make a run and beat Texas football. Um, I'm really excited for this game, though, this Saturday with Texas to see exactly what we can see out of them and see exactly what they can do.
2: Yeah. OU, this is a huge rivalry. Um, we know what we know what's coming down the pipe. I think um, the, the real question, the, the bigger conversation to pivot to is, are they a hard three or a soft three? Are they a hard th- third seed in the country, that, you know, third best team? I, I, I would say that they're a soft team. I think that they could fluctuate anywhere between a three and a six, which is kind of why I wanted to bring this topic ahead to discussion because I feel like the quality of their wins are there. Um, i like sark i like what they're operating on um i know that he's pulling punches i know that he's got even more up his sleeve on the offensive side of st- standpoint but my reservations with them are similar that they are with usc i think that they're they're too they're too fluffy they're too through the air um i they definitely have dimensions to their offense but i still think they're just offensive heavy and i would like to see a little more pushback. From you know, from a team like a TCU or an Oklahoma, and this will be the first test. Now, I do think that they could run the table, but I just think when the committee looks back at these quality wins, you know, towards the end of this of the year, I think that um, they're going to be looking more like a four or a five. And it really depends on it. Really, all this is predicated on how the Big Ten shakes out, in my opinion, because when you look at the second half of that top ten, I think there's a lot of questions to be answered as the season progresses with that cannibalism between Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. And to a lesser degree, you know, teams like Maryland. I mean, oh, they're, they're, there's really good teams across the ten that could, could easily cannibalize each other. And it just depends on how that shakes out to see where Texas falls.
1: Absolutely. No, and I, I agree with uh, that statement. Same thing with the Pac-12. They're going to cannibalize each other as well, where I think there's a good chance that everyone in that conference is a one or two-loss team. There, there's a very good possibility. Um, the only thing I, I – I will say that I think if the committee is looking at this right now, um, Texas is doing everything they have to do. They're beating the bad teams. Kansas is not a bad team. They're winning pretty comfortably. Um, Bama winning on the road, I believe, uh, up by winning by ten. They're doing what they have to do at this point of the season. Next week they go um, after this week Oklahoma. They got Houston, BYU, TCU. If they just continue just outplaying these teams. I think we have a very good chance to see Texas um, in the Final
2: Four. I think my, my only reservation with them is: are they more icing than they are cake? And I, I think that they are. But like you said, Nico, like they're they're dominating the games. They need to dominate, and they're winning in that fashion. I mean, if you saw the numbers on paper, you would think this was the Miami-Denver game from there. <laughs> like it yeah. literally, literally. It was not seven hundred yards literally the same stat line which is so crazy we're not mm-hmm. talking about it in the same conversation but it's so wild yeah. yeah i think this team is is that legit i just um i just have to see how the big 10 shakes out and same with the packs twelve.
1: no it's a it's a it's a fair point because how can you put like you get a team notre dame i'll use as a perfect example notre dame wins out then you get a team like ohio state that loses one game to a penn state what do you do with those two teams? It's tough. It, that's why I've, I can't wait for 12 teams next year, but uh, four teams right now, it, it, it's tough. And the only thing Texas can do is just keep all on out and just keep winning games. Cause Texas, unfortunately with this schedule, I know you have that win against Bama, um, but the, how down the big 12 is right now. I I, I don't think you get in with a one loss. I don't, I, I don't think you can get in one loss, even though you beat Bama. I don't
2: think you can. <laughs> you got to run it. You got to run it.
0: That's it. So a really a really this was my favorite game of the week. It was LSU at Ole Miss and Ole Miss defeated the Tigers by a score of 55-49. What a rally, what a great fourth quarter. LSU's playoffs hopes are done. And they have some thinking to do, and Ole Miss gets this amazing victory for their school. How about this game, guys?
2: I think the president of athletics for LSU wants his money back from Brian Kelly. <laughs> man, this is the, this is the biggest whiff on record that I could that I could recall for for me at least. Um, I, I know that they lost a tight game, they lost a tough game, but. You you can't have two losses early in this juncture of the season, particularly when going up against Ole Miss. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, like this is why they paid Brian Kelly the money they did to win these games. Um, I gave them a pass at the beginning of the year because I think FSU is better than what we thought they would be. Um, but I mean, on paper, like Ole Miss stacked up 120 penalty yards. They had <laughs> they, they they had every every reason to lose this game. And yet LSU um, still found a way to lose this game. They had they they, they pretty much won on all th- on all three phases of the game and still blew it. It's it's unbelievable to me that um, you could have this kind of incompetence in the fourth quarter and still be able to show your face like Brian Kelly. You can't give up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It just can't happen. It can't happen with that lead. Everything you built through three quarters—it's it, completely unacceptable. <clears throat> and when I look at Jaden Daniels, I mean, he played a phenomenal game. He only missed nine throws. Um, he was perfect through the air, no turnovers. But um, it's just—it's just a matter of executing on defense and looking at how to close out games in tight, in tight windows and possessing the ball and finding ways to win. I just don't think that. Brian Kelly has it like that. I don't think he'll have a better season in LSU than he did his last year or second to last year in Notre Dame.
1: That's a great take. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say um, I about the game itself, unbelievable game. Super fun. Great game. Um, great game. Fun, fun to see back and forth. A um, little chippiness too as well. Love to see stuff like that. Um, just an overall fun game to watch. But I I completely agree. Um, Brian Kelly has to close out this game. Five minutes left in the game. Five minutes and thirty seconds, or whatever it was. Six minutes, maybe. Um, you have a nine-point lead, a two-score lead, and you lose the football game. You gotta put it away. That's what you're there for. You gotta win the LSU. You have to win these games. You lose. It's, it's okay to lose a game like this if you beat Florida State, but you, you gotta, you gotta win these games against top key matchups in order to compete and do. You're not there at LSU to go ahead and win the i'm trying to think like uh a, like a <laughs> december 30th bowl not a bcs bowl but like even a bcs bowl like you're not there to win yeah. the noon the noon uh outback bowl or in uh, in uh in florida you're not there to win that you're there to win national championships that's why they brought in that's what you have to do right and right now brian kelly i i don't know i gotta figure it out gotta figure it nope.
2: out you, you could make the former argument that it takes three years to get your crew in there. But the reality is with the NIL and with the transfer portal, you can pull a, you can pull a, a prime time and you can have your guys in there within a year. Now, I'm not saying it equates to wins. That's obviously like build, the version of building a super team in the NBA. But the reality is you can be competitive at the top level, even in the SEC. So I don't want to hear excuses from Brian Kelly about his first year here. It's all nonsense. Um But, but Nico, you're absolutely right. Five minutes left with a nine-point lead. Run the goddamn ball. Do not throw it through the air. Control the clock and put this baby away. This is so ridiculous. But I want to Mm -hmm. give a little credit to Ole Miss because we always kind of sweep them under the carpet because they lose a lot of these tight SEC games. They did put this game away. I think they're on the outside looking in, and if they continue to run their schedule, um, I haven't had a chance to look at it, but they um, they have a very good good possibility of sneaking in the back door in that top ten towards the end of the season.
1: Absolutely, they, they they're going to be tested throughout. Um, but hey, that's one of those teams that come out score us. They're just going to let you hear it. Let's 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 have a shootout. And it's pretty yeah.
2: favorable too. They don't have a ranked opponent until Georgia.
1: Yeah, and Georgia, I uh, know they go
0: to Mississippi.
1: Later in the year, I think um, I, I believe,
0: like that's another one I had it circled on that team. I knew Brian Kelly was doomed after he pretended to have a Southern accent during his press conference. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> that was a sign to come. Let's be real. It was bad. It was bad. And you were talking about Florida State. Florida State was off this past week, but they're back at it playing Virginia Tech, and. Um, Right now, at this moment, they're ranked fifth in the nation, just right on the cusp of that playoff. Do we expect them to run their table in what looks like a more favorable schedule? And um, having players like uh, another one, Jordan Travis, part of this what could be a legendary quarterback class, and leading people and um, seeing where it can go, does Florida State run the table moving forward?
1: Um, I, I do think Florida State has a very, very good chance to run the table, but um, as me and Alex, were, Alex mentioned that I believe it was earlier too in the show. Um, the ACC, like these teams are sneaky. Like these teams, like like a Miami team, like a, a Duke, a Wake Forest, a Syracuse. A little shout out there for myself hey. for basketball season. <laughs> but uh, like <laughs> these teams are sneaky. Um, Florida State is a type of team, I think, that loses one of these games. They lose a game to Wake Forest on noon on uh, Saturday. You lose a game on the road to to uh, a Syracuse or to home, to Syracuse, to a Duke. Um, I do think Florida State, everything, the ball's in their court. All you have to do is win out, and you're going to be a favorite in every single one of these games until the end of the season, and you got to win out. You win out, you're in you lose what the week is how weak of a schedule it is, you're gone. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, not, you're not really doing much. Um, but Hey, um, hats off to them right now. They're doing exactly what they need to do and we'll see Syracuse. Um, I know they're off this week, but they have Syracuse coming. but, um, of course it just keeps winning games and keeps doing what they have to do.
2: Yeah, no, great. All great points. Um, I think, uh, it, well, it, it's very interesting to see how a team like this bounces back from a bye week because with a young coach like Mike Norvell, um, we were kind of giving him his flowers early from the four zero start, but they kind of they kind of uh, stumbled into the into the bye. I mean, they barely sneaked it out against Clemson. It should have been a lot it was a lot closer than it should have been for comfort. And as the season progresses, I don't know what Clemson's going to be. My guess is more they're going to be towards the median in the in the league um, outside looking in. So. <clears throat> Yeah, they have their sneaky opponents, you know, um, scattered across the bottom of the top twenty-five in the ACC, and I think that they will have some hiccups in that regard finishing out the season. But I think they could, fir- I firmly believe that they could run the, the the run the run the gambit when it comes to the remaining schedule. I think the quality of wins will boil down to Duke and Miami. Um, and just a matter of margin and, you know, things of that nature when it comes to analytics. But, again, I just don't trust this committee being so SEC top-heavy to put them in <clears throat> that top four if we're having that discussion. I think a more realistic picture is them remaining where they are at five or even six for that matter.
1: So it's, it's definitely a possibility. I, I just – I'm looking at – I just glance up the schedule a little more. There is not one game left where I don't. I think they're going to be a five-point favorite at minimum in every single game from here on out, which is absurd. They're, they they have to have one of the weakest schedules in the whole country remaining. I know they go to Florida late in the year, but Florida is nowhere near what they should be. Um, uh, like Alex said, if you don't win out, or if you keep what <laughs> in the sap, like if you lose to one of these teams, you're done. Um, there's a chance that, like you said, if they do win out, they might not even get in. It depends if they if they if, they, if they, all these games are close, it just matters. Um, I don't see a world where they don't get in if they win out, but um I personally really think that Florida State um will
2: lose one of these games. Well, I, I think I think it's more likely I would take the over that they um do run the table, but their margin of error is so slim because they're very, very close to being two and two instead of four and zero. Oh. They could have lost mm-hmm. over overtime, and the Boston College gave them everything they wanted um, at home. <clears throat> so I am concerned. Um, it really, again, it just it always boils down to who are the coaches you trust in the league, pro or college, off of a bye. And I'm hoping that Mike Norvell charts um, a territory forward, and he'll start being in the discussion with some of those bigger coaches in the league. <clears throat> totally.
0: I want to talk about the Heisman Trophy candidates. Who do we think at this moment has the best chance to have the most prestigious award in all of college sports? I'll say one thing. It is no doubt going to be a quarterback. Like You could bet on that for sure. Um, which quarterback is that? Is it the uh, favorite across the nation? Is it Caleb Williams again? He would be the first back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner since the 70s? Or maybe it's somebody new. Maybe it is a Michael Pennick Jr., who actually I'm going to pick right now, um, has the lead in this with very dominant (laughs) victories, both being dominant, both um, running the ball, scrambling, and finding the open receivers. And I'm feeling really good about that. Bo Nix has been able to put up some stellar numbers as well. That could be a... um, candidate to be honest though i mean that that answer can change every single week at this point the only thing i just really wonder and the big factor is would they give it to caleb williams again and that could be whether that's for stock reasons um it is kind of crazy to think that he can return to USC next year and try to go for a three-peat if they were that crazy. Um, and because of the NIL influence, he doesn't have to rush to the draft, especially getting paid, which I believe he acknowledged that in an interview. So, um, you know, there are so many possibilities going there. Again, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a quarterback out of it, and um, we'll see what happens but that's what i think i'm so. a
2: little i'm a little disappointed you're already off your boy Hartman for uh, for for heisman
0: come on <laughs> the only thing with that is um now, now listen Hardman is my guy the whole way through but I'm thinking <laughs> with my head on this one but you know that that loss to that loss I really think is going to be detrimental with Ohio State and I don't even think it's necessarily it's fault but I'm just trying to think of what these old prestigious college committee is in and um, oh, every little factor there
2: it's an individual's stats man it's it's an individual's award
1: <clears throat> yeah absolutely <laughs> Nico, who you got? So, um, what my my prediction is, um, obviously, I I think Caleb Williams is the best player in all of college football, but he is not my pick to win the Heisman. My pick to win the Heisman is Bo Nix, and it's not because of Bo Nix being Bo Nix. Obviously, he's playing great, doing great things. The top three Heisman, the kid from Washington, Patrick from Washington, uh, Caleb Williams, and Bo Nix. The winner of that Pac-12 is going to get that trophy at the end of the year. And the winner of the Pac-12 at the end of the year is going to be Oregon. And Oregon is going to go on, and they're going to win. They're going to make the playoff, and Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman Trophy. It's not uh, – the Heisman's not going to be – is Caleb Williams better than Bo Nix? 100%. No doubt about it. Caleb Williams, clear overall, first overall pick. But I will say, Bo Nix, it's his time. He will be the Heisman winner after his 18th year in college.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't disagree. Um, you actually took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I think that what I've seen through five weeks as a preemptive cursor, I think Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12, but I have to see it in two weeks against Washington and I'll be solidified in that prediction because I think this really boils down to how does, if Bo Nix outplays Penix Jr. at his house, then Bonix is winning the 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 award because kind of you know in parallel alignment with my argument earlier in the show is that USC is is a system of Lincoln Riley and they have one way to win. And if Caleb Williams did not deliver a perfect game every week, they cannot stay undefeated. So thus concluding if Bonix can just ride the ship, stay undefeated, and even if even if he continues on this fifteen and one ratio. Of course, I think that he's easily, arguably, in a way, the Heisman favorite right now.
0: Great take. Great take, indeed. Okay, again, plenty of football to go. There's still a whole second half, but um compelling arguments throughout, it, and we'll see what ultimately happens. So why don't we make our picks for week six as we officially cross the other side? So let's do it, guys. Let's start on Saturday afternoon. Going through the biggest games of the week, we have Oklahoma facing Texas, 12 p.m. Huge time game against two undefeated opponents. Texas is minus six and a half. What do we see?
1: Yeah, this, this game is... I personally won't be betting on the game, um, even though like, I just – it's too hard. Um, I do think Texas gets the W. Um, Six-and-a-half is a great line because I can see Texas winning by a touchdown. I can see Texas winning by a field goal. I don't see Oklahoma winning this game outright, um, but I really do like the Longhorns in this game. Um Every year, 12 o'clock, they play the game, cotton Bowl site, can't beat it. It's just such a historic matchup, and I just love it when it means so much. It's so great to see old-school rivalries, old-school games like this just mean so much. It's great. It's great for the grand. It's great for college football.
2: 100%. I think six is a great line. Uh, I think that somewhere in between the weeds, this is smelling like an OU upset, like I'm already shouting to Norman from here, but – um, <laughs> um, I I just think I think Texas is due f- For a tough game I, I, I really think they're going to have their hands Full with OU Now this kind of goes in the face of that Cincinnati game we predicted two weeks back But I do stay, stand by my pick here In this week and I think that um, They are Not going to cover but they're going to win A tight game and a field goal Nice
0: nice nice I'm also going to take The Texas Longhorns on this. It's going to be a shootout. So if I had to take the points, probably take plus six and a half for Oklahoma. But I do think Texas secures a victory. That will be huge for their season moving forward. That's right. Classic is a classic rivalry. So we have here a big spread, but I want to know your honest opinions against these two other two undefeated teams where the Maryland Turpins are going against the Ohio state Buckeyes. Ohio state's opening up at minus 20, but do we have a feeling that something could change where you think Ohio state will be able to handle them easily?
2: This is a trap. This is a trap for anybody betting 20 is too big a number for Maryland. Um, I may have rose tinted glasses because my family shout out. I was with N D C. Um, Big Maryland fans, former alumni, the whole thing, the whole yard. Uh, they have mellow trimble jerseys. That's a whole nother issue. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but they um, they what I've seen with them since five weeks, they've kept all their games competitive. Um, I see this as a two-score game under twenty. So I would have Ohio State winning but not covering the spread. I think it's just too big of a margin for a game like this.
1: Um, I, I get what you're saying. I think Maryland is a great football team, um, a very underrated football team. But with that being said, <laughs> if I'm Ohio State, 20 is pissing me off. I had just beat Notre Dame. I'm on a bye, and I'm still being shafted. I'm not getting the respect that I feel like I deserve. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State comes in here. Maryland's 5-0. and People think they're good. Let's fucking win this game by 35, 40 points. Let's dominate this Maryland team and so oh, we are team. the Ohio State University. I think Ohio State wins this game in all upside. Um, I, I I think it's like a 48-14 final.
2: You don't think them coming to the top of the mountain with the win against Notre Dame, you don't think they're going to be passing headwinds going down, downhill?
1: Normally, I would agree. I would uh, definitely agree with that take by like coming off a win like that. But having a bye week to kind of relax off of that and on top of it, nobody was giving you credit versus Notre Dame. Um, And see how how fired up they was when Albu Holtz uh, at the end of that game. That was pretty wild. Um, But I will make the comment that if I'm Ohio State, I am just – I'm pissed off. You feel like you're still not getting the credit you deserve right now, and you're going to prove it on Saturday. You're going to wall (laughs) up
0: Maryland. Yeah, give me the Buckeyes for that very reason, and Ryan Day's a madman, so I want to stay away from him when he's angry. So LSU is at 23 on the cusp of not even being ranked anymore. They are going against another undefeated 21st-ranked Missouri. LSU does open at minus 6.5 on the road. What happens?
1: I like like Missouri. I'm getting 5.5 here. Um, some books are showing it at six. Um, I do like Missouri with the points in this game at home. Um, the the only thing I don't love love about it is Brian Kelly coming off a loss. He has to really win this game. It's arguably a must win for them. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're not their chances for the playoff are long gone. But um, it, Brian Kelly has to win this game. But how motivated is your team when you're only playing for a team that's expected to possibly be a playoff is already out, and here we are. And, early October, um, and yeah. it's going to be tough for him to motivate his team where Missouri right now, Missouri's balling out. They're ranked in the top 25. Give me Missouri outright in this game.
2: Wow, interesting take. <clears throat> um, I'm going to take the opposite approach. I actually see LSU in a statement game here. It just smells like a statement game because of all the circumstantial evidence that we've seen for five weeks up to this game. I think you can start seeing some of Brian Kelly's face looking through his fingers. I think he needs to regain confidence in this team, you know, amidst um, controversy and chaos through the, the middle portion of the season, every team kind of faces it to a certain extent. I think if he's going to retain his guys through the NIL and really build a culture there, I think it's games like this that he needs to really rise and shine. And for all those reasons, like you said, Nico, I think I'm taking the opposite approach. I think that he is going to have a statement game here in Missouri. And, um, you know, I think they win in a, in a, in a, in a, in a blowout, more than two touchdowns. <clears throat>
0: Give me Missouri with the upset to completely have that season collapse. It doesn't seem the teams that disciplined, and um, I really think there are some concerns going on right there, and I think that's going to continue. And I would just love to see Missouri, who <laughs> had quite, quite have had, who always seemed to be playing meaningful. Big, highlighted games, whether it's basketball or football. They seem to always show up when they're playing a big team that is making the national spotlight. So give me that and uh, have the panic. I'm interested in Washington State versus UCLA. 13th-ranked Washington State, where they are still undefeated. UCLA... Um 3 and 1 in the Pac 12 in their final season there. They're playing at home. Probably no one's going to be there as per usual. But um I'm going to go with Washington State as this upset as well. And um they've actually been sneaky good this year, and especially offensively, so I'm really I'm going to go with the first time we're talking about the Washington State Tigers on this one. They're the Tigers, right? Just to make sure I Cougars. Cougars, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of notes up. A
2: lot of notes up there.
0: <laughs> I bet. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Um I, I do think um I I am a little opposite here. I think UCLA gets a job done at home. Um I have UCLA winning this football game. Um I think the odds makers got it right with three, three and a half here. Um I will still probably be taking UCLA, but um I, I just really, really think UCLA as a defense. um, What a a Chip Kelly offense. It's it's an interesting combination where um, the other team has an early loss, but I think Washington State is a fluky team. Um, And like we said earlier in the show, Pac-12 is going to continue to eat itself alive. That's all they're going to do. And give me UCLA to win this game. Interesting,
2: Interesting. So are you sticking with the three then?
1: Yeah, like my thing is, like, I'll probably take UCLA money line. Uh, I think it's like minus 165 um, on Saturday. I'll probably have that, like, probably something small, but three is a great number. It's a, it's one of those games where it's like 24 21 UCLA final.
2: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this, this Washington State team. I mean, I've seen a lot of, you know, evidence with the North, you know, some of these, you know, shit. Shit opponents but then the Oregon State game they, they kept tight um, I, I I don't know if it's true 13 or not but I'm going to take UCLA similarly in the upset at home I think that this is just an ill-prepared matchup on the road it's a tough situation tough environment and I think they're due for their first loss of the year I think that this is um, it's a great team they're going to they, they, they could full well run the course for the rest of the season um, you know minus Oregon of course but um. It, but, well, even in Washington the last weeks of the year. But, um, no, I think this is a very good blossoming team. It's just it's really hard to weigh some of these back end Pac-12 teams. And I don't know if they're a true 13 or not.
0: I get it. I get it. So we have another rivalry game. Alabama is going to Texas A&M. Alabama cool. opening at just a small minus one and a half. What's about to happen here, guys? Yeah, um, I, I. it's a weird game. It's a tough game.
1: Um, another game that it's going to be a great game to watch, but I will be staying away from betting because um, I really don't know what to expect. Um, obviously, it's a must win for both teams. Um, Bama desperately needs it. Texas a and if they want any chance to stay alive with everything, they, they need to win this game as well. Um, gun to my head, I'll take Bama point out a close one, but I, I really think this is a game that can come down to – a twenty-one twenty score in the fourth quarter. Texas A&M goes for two. Something interesting like that, and either or can happen.
2: Oh, definitely, either or can happen. This game is positive for me too. I think it's a, I think it's a field goal game either way. It's a low scoring affair um, because Alabama only has a few ways to win, and um, they're gonna they're gonna control the clock. They're gonna keep A and M in the mud, so to speak. I think this is a twenty-one eighteen type of game.
0: Uh, Bama <clears throat> all right good 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 so we have Syracuse going oh. to Chapel Hill four1 Syracuse versus 14th ranked North Carolina with Drake May and the boys there you want to see opening at minus eight you feeling an upset for your team Mr Nico um so
1: I will say Syracuse football I'm just to clarify for the viewers and everything not big Syracuse basketball, Syracuse football, I'll root for them, root for Penn State. I'm nowhere nowhere near have my heart in either or. Um, but I I don't, unfortunately. Um, I, I, I think I, I think um UNC wins this game. Do I think Syracuse scores? Absolutely. Um my favorite my favorite play in this game is uh North Carolina team total over. Um as I really think is an interesting play. We want to say it's around 30 and a half, maybe probably a little more um maybe like 34 and a half something like that but um UNC team total is my fair play. Um I do think UNC wins this game easily but by a score of like 42-24 we like Syracuse is kind of there but they're not. It's it's going to be a more of a distant game than it looks.
2: They're like. there. They're there for the first half basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah, then they'll kind of run them into the ground in the next the second half. No, I- kind of like it.
1: yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I kind of see the same way Nico's seeing a shakeout. I mean, we talked about the ACC cannibalism, but I firmly believe that, um, oh, I, I think this is one of those games. It's, it's more clear-cut than obvious that you don't really have to overthink it. I think is the better team. And- <laughs> show in the second half. You won't have to bend over, Nico. It's okay.
0: <laughs> Make <a> laugh. <laughs> the University of Kentucky is going to play the University of Georgia. In this SEC matchup, Georgia opening at minus fifteen.
2: Oh, I'm taking I'm taking the points. I think this is um this is going to be a tight affair, probably around ten. Um, I think Kentucky will keep it close in the first half, and Georgia will pull away in the long game. Um, again, we we haven't seen them tested thus far. I think this is um one step in the same direction that Auburn was taking last week, and I, I see this somewhere around a 31-21 kind of game.
1: Mm. This, this is one of my well uh, one of my favorite bets of the week early bets of the week is in this game and it's the under i don't think this game is going to go anywhere near the total of 48 and a half um i, I really think georgia does get the win but i think it's going to be a sloppy 13 7 dog fight it's going to be an old school game i really think it's going to be super low scoring uh wow. i really don't expect more than Thirty-five points in this game, to be honest with you. But uh yeah, I, I do think Georgia wins the game. It's gonna be a sloppy game for both teams and we'll be here next week talking about how legit is this Georgia team.
2: I wonder what the weather I wonder what the weather is down the coast in Georgia for this weekend.
0: Yeah, that I do not check. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I have that for you. It's supposed to be sixty-five and sunny.
2: Oh, damn, that's very
0: beautiful for a night game. Um so no other factors there. So even though we always do the picks for the top 25, I just love to do this to Alex with Yukon going to Rice University. <laughs> the three and two Rice Owls taking on the Yukon Huskies at 0 and 5. The yeah. Owls open at minus 10. Does Yukon oh. almost does UConn close this spread? Or they continue to lose. I say UConn's gonna keep losing.
2: I, the only thing I want out of this game because it's such an inconsequential no but nobody game, I just want to see if they ask Jim Mora Jr. after the game if they're gonna be going to the playoffs just so he can go playoffs, playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just like his daddy. Just like his daddy. But no, I I um I I, I firmly believe that uh that UConn will find a way to lose this <laughs> game. Um be definitely-
0: a disgrace.
2: <laughs> definitely, definitely a nothing burger it's not a ranked game so i could give two shits
1: <laughs> yeah, no nothing I, I i i really um i actually did look at this game just in case we did bring it up on the show because i know like yeah, Alex, i'll, UConn I'll always bring up yukon for so i had, a, I, had a, I had a feeling um and i actually found the bet that i do like in this game i, I like yukon's team total under um i don't know oh, how, yeah. how <laughs> is in the UConn offense, but um after watching yukon and Having some bets on them in the first couple weeks, this team is pitiful offensively. Sorry, Alex. Uh, I to, I'm not a big UConn guy to begin with, but pitiful offense uh, that maybe their defense can maybe make it competitive. But, uh,
0: yeah, rough. It's like Matt well, I just –
2: let me tell, tell, tell you all, especially you, Matt. I want to tell you something. I want the same energy November 6th when the, MD, when the basketball kicks off. I want the same energy – when we come
0: out, defending champs. Just, oh, well, of, I course can't <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm not going to do that. Of course I'm going to be there. <laughs> Syracuse, Syracuse is back. Syracuse
1: is back to Syracuse. And I, I can't wait. Can't wait. You kind of had their success
0: the past decade. It's our time. Uh-oh. I like it. I like it. So we have the, um, <laughs> excuse me, Notre Dame is going to Louisville. 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 <laughs> so I have a very close family friend who grew up in Louisville. i to ask him. He's a big college football fan too, but he's truly, he's one of the few kids our age who truly is off the grid. He has a phone, but he has no social media. You can only contact him through Snapchat. And last time I talked to him, he was living in Sweden. I don't know. He's a mystery, but that's my Louisville connection there. And, um, But Notre Dame only opening at minus six and (coughs) excuse me, Notre Dame only minus at six and a half here. Give me the points for the Fighting Irish on this, and uh, Sam Hartman gets me feeling more confident. Even though I want to see him get that Heisman, I still think he needs to uh, put up some more solid offensive points moving forward, and getting a nice ranked victory is going to help.
1: Absolutely, Um, I do think Notre Dame wins this game. Um, I also think they cover, but my uh, my um, I, I I don't want well, to guarantee a coverage because Louisville is a sneaky team. Louisville is good. They're decent. They have a very um, good possibility to compete and win this game. But I just don't see a world where it happens. Um, not trying to sound like my bets are all team total bets. But one bet I really do like is Louisville team total under 23.5. half. You can maybe get it at 24.5 on some books. Um, I think this Notre Dame defense is such a test, and it's so tough that I really think Louisville is going to have trouble finding the ends on. Do I think they'll get yards? Absolutely. Um, I just don't see them doing more than kicking field goals once they get down in Notre Dame territory.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines. I think they, they do cover. I would actually take the points for Notre Dame. Um, I think that this is like one of those statement games in the gambit um, for them to take, take, take hold of. Um, I think they win by at least 10 points. And, um, no, Louisville's a very good team, but I just think that Notre Dame is, they're smelling blood in the water across the league, and I think that they're, like, right on that cusp where they can take control of their own destiny. And I think that this is one of those games to start that riot.
0: All right. And um, the last game to hear to discuss, I think, is worth discussing, is after almost blowing it, USC's back at home to play the University of Arizona 21 and a half is the number. do you think um do you think USC you know going down to nine and we talked about how you know with major struggles on defense do you think they will just have a revenge spot on the Wildcats? I
1: I think it's gonna be what we've seen with USC all year. Uh, I think they're gonna win the game it's gonna be kind of distant. But Arizona is going to score and cover this football game. Um, I think it's going to be same game, other day, is my opinion. Kilwins is going to ball out. They're going to score 48 points, but they're going to allow 35. Um, and that's what I realistically see in a game like this. Um, I don't see a world where USC loses this game. Neither where this game's a one possession game in the fourth quarter. But I do see this being a um, possible backdoor cover game for Arizona, or definitely a game where Arizona. Um, competes and maybe loses by fourteen to seventeen.
2: Yeah, couldn't have said it better. I think it, this is exactly kind of the the vein of this type of game. Um, again, Lincoln Riley is one way of winning. They're going to run up the scoreboard. and They're going to start retreating and playing a little, you know, prevent defense hypothetically throughout the game. So I think that they'll oh, Arizona will get their points. and they'll, they'll narrow the gap to the end of the game. I see it somewhere around ten point margin.
0: All right, gentlemen, I think we did a lot of great work. Thank you so much. We will see you next week with both the NFL and college football. Let's win some money and let's have a wonderful weekend. Alex and Nico, great work. Yes. Nico and Alex, two of the best to do it in this world of podcasts and great stuff, you two. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, TikTok at Productive Conversations, Facebook at Productive Conversations, and Twitter and X at ProdConvoPod. Back at it tomorrow with another tweet cap to end your week on a feel-good Friday. And there is a lot of funny things to get into and talk about. Plus, we have some internet questions to add to it. There is emo Jimmy Butler, the Golden Bachelors, getting some noise. I have questions about um, more first date stuff and learning how to deal with people who are annoying and everything like that. So it's going to be good. And... We're actually going to now take a new approach to Trevor, not Trevor, to uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And even I'm getting annoyed and it's getting too much and they need to stop it. Plus, by a request and a very rare political story, the Speaker of the House was voted out this past week. So... We have our good friend Fresh Faces New Ideas making his return after a few months absence. And then having him talk about the funny things that is happening on the internet should be a great dynamic with Ryan and all of that good stuff. Maybe Jose is in. I haven't heard from him. Uh, Maybe, maybe not, but we'll ultimately see. But it's going to be a very interesting tweet cap plus internet questions and all of that. So it should be a good show. And we can't wait to have you for it. So we'll do that tomorrow. I want to thank Nico and Alex for tonight and their contributions to the show. I want to thank Alex for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us no matter what and always being there. We appreciate and love every single one of you so with that my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast don't forget to check in on your friends and family and i'll see you tomorrow with a new tweet cap all right see you then peace